is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. T-minus 21 hours to go until Pompey are back in action. And that is the final whistle. A fascinating encounter for Guy Whittingham. Two points dropped in the end for Portsmouth. Absolutely, Andrew. It's been almost a fortnight since the Blues. Two-all draw with Charlton at Fratton Park, where they arguably perhaps should have claimed a victory. But a point apiece it was as John Massinho's side remained unbeaten and top of the League One table. Tonight we'll be looking ahead to their return to PO4 for match day number 17. But before we come on to preview tomorrow's visit of Blackpool, we'll be discussing some topics such as the latest on the injury front and season ticket sales in the Milton End, as well as catching up with former Pompey midfielder and broadcasting icon Chris Kamara, who bravely opens up about his speech apraxia and how it made him feel shortly after being diagnosed with the condition. I was ignorant and I thought my voice defined who I was. I now realise that was wrong, totally wrong. We'll take a listen for the first time to the full extended edition of my chat with Cami before seven. Within such time, we will, of course, also come on to preview Portsmouth's next game. And head coach John Massinho is well aware of the kind of threat the Tangerines are set to pose at Fratton tomorrow. Neil Critchley has got a really good pedigree of coaching and he's had a lot of success at this level. So we're expecting a very, very well-drilled, well-coached side. We're coming into their stride and we're going to have to be right at it to, to make sure we compete at the weekend. We will also hear a little bit from the Pompey women's boss Jay Sadler who believes Sunday's FA Cup opponents Epsfleet will be well prepared for their visit. They've got absolutely nothing to lose. They're going into this game having already played against the tier three opposition in Chatham Town at the weekend so they know what the levels or the levels are about. It is match day eve and we're excited to bring you all of the build-up to Pompey versus Blackpool here on 93.7 Express FM. You're listening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Yes, hello, good evening and welcome to the show, which is, of course, driven to you this season by Stagecoach South, getting you across the South Coast and through Hampshire with a minimum of fuss. So, on the way tonight, we'll be recapping the latest news from the week gone by on the South Coast, catch up with Mr Chris Kamara, and we'll gather a report on the Blues' next opponent, Blackpool. And we also want to hear from you. With Marlon Pack expected to return this weekend, how would you like to see Pompey shape up in midfield? Who replaces the injured Paddy Lane in the starting eleven? And what do you think the score will be at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon? Get in touch. It's 81400 on the text, starting your messages with the word express. Email sport at expressfm.com. Use at expressfm over on Twitter. Find us at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Or download and get in touch via the new Express FM app. 
I'll also be bringing in this evening's guest in just a few moments' time. But now, it's been a while since the Blues were last in action, hasn't it? So let's take a little trip down memory lane to a fortnight ago, when Michael Appleton's Charlton Athletic made a short trip down to Fratton Park, where they'd won each of their last seven competitive fixtures against Pompey. For this one, Andy Moon was joined alongside Guy Whittingham. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. Here we go then. Charlton will be kicking us off. Robertson wins it back. Robertson performs with great shot. Good save. Maynard Brewer. Good start from Pompey. The Bishop Park gets the challenge. Robertson blocked. Tries a handball in there as well. Morrell to Devlin. Back to Morrell. Backhill looking to find Bishop blocked. Charlton are going to bring it away. Crowd up for it. Players up for it. May looking for the return ball. May trying to get a shot on goal. It's a great effort. And it's a brilliant save. Is it? Yes. It's a corner kick. Major showing how dangerous he is. Crosses the near post. Bishop goes up. Charlton get it. Clark edge of the box. Volley finished. Oh. What a brilliant goal. Oh, magnificent from Abu Kamara. Ball as you like. Edge of the box. Volleys it into the back of the net. And Porter take the lead. Christian Kamara magic. Porter one. Charlton nil. Oh, Devin's won the ball off him. Devin in the middle. Bishop charge. And it's hit the defender. Robertson back to Sparks, he hits first time, deep to the far post, great delivery, Ragger, good save, and then it doesn't pull Pompey's way in the box, and Charlton clear. That is the end of the first half here at Fratton Park. It's been good intensity, it's been a good spectacle. Mara gets the ball and goes back to Robertson, delivery with his right foot to the far post, heads up! That's a brilliant save by Maynard Brewer, and Ragger will be feeling he probably should score. Locked it in towards the far post, Raggett's the target. It falls down, Devlin, edge of the box, thought about the shot. Instead goes for Abu Kamara, stood up towards the far post, Raggett to attack it, back across goal, Charles! Charles get it halfway, Robertson's shot is blocked, and Charlton scramble it clear. This one deep towards the far post, Bishop and Raggett there, headed halfway, Kamara, edge of the box, thought about the volley this time, shoot! And it's off the bar, Bishop! Still only 1-0 up. May hits it with his left foot, deflected, and it's gone just wide. Charlton are adamant that it was deflected via a hand. The referee, Sam Allison, doesn't agree and says corner kick. Down by the dead ball line, reverse ball into the middle, and Sparks falls, goes into the path of May, and it's into the net. And Alfie May has somehow beaten Will Norris at the near post. And with 19 minutes to go, Charlton have levelled this one up. First time cross to the far post, Bishop! Oh, it's saved! And then Maynard Brewer gets a palm to it to get it away. You're thinking goal when the ball's in the air. Can Lane get in behind the goalkeeper's come out? Lane's got over him and he's been wiped out! It's got to be a penalty kick! It is a penalty! There can be no complaint! Everyone stood on the edge of the area, waits. Colby Bishop stands upright, put it in past one and then skips past the second and then finds Lane and then gets a reverse ball and Bishop's at the far post if he can be found it's a good cross and Bishop this time puts it wide by a 
deflection. Aiden chipping it into the penalty. It's a good delivery. Swanson can't get there, and it's into the net. And Charlton have equalised. Norris beaten at his near post. It's Conor McGrandall's first goal for Charlton. Portsmouth two, Charlton two. And that is the final whistle. A fascinating encounter. But Guy Whittingham, two points dropped in the end for Portsmouth. Absolutely, Andrew. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yeah, there you go. Then a reminder of what happened last time out for Pompey at Fratton Park. Were held to a 2-2 draw at home to Charlton Athletic. The visitors there scoring late in injury time to snatch all three points away from Pompey. But remaining unbeaten in the league, of course, this season. Extended that unbeaten run in the league from last campaign to 27 games in total. And remaining top of the League One table. Pompey on 36 points after 16 matches played. 10 wins and 6 draws uh, at a goal difference of plus 15 which is equal to Oxford United in 2nd but they only have 35 points alongside Bolton Wanderers in 3rd also with 35 points on the board. Tomorrow's opponents Blackpool who of course we'll come on to in a bit more detail later on in tonight's show sit in 8th position on 27 points. Only goal difference separating themselves Derby County and Barnsley in 7th and 6th respectively but alongside me this evening to go through all things Pompey and I can tell you what they there are plenty, plenty of conversation, talking points to, to go through this evening. Um, it's just myself and Mr. Matt Corrick, who joins us over the phone lines tonight. Matt, a very good evening to yourself, my friend. Yeah, good evening to you, Jay. Great to be back on. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's great to hear your voice. It's great to have you on the show, as it always is, um, Matt. Admittedly, we have only got yourself tonight because uh, we've got that, that big interview with Cammy in, in part two of this evening's show. So we haven't really got a lot of talk time. But, of course, with no game for the last two weeks, there's not really a lot to summarise. It's mainly going to be previewing the Blackpool visit tomorrow. But whilst we are here, we're on the topic of Pompey, of course, we have to talk about the international break, because during which we have learned of a few injuries uh, for, for John Messina's side. First of all, Paddy Lane, who was called up to the Northern Ireland squad for that international break, had to withdraw due to a calf injury and we heard earlier this week that he is expected to be out for about a fortnight with a tear on his calf. Um, Matt, it, it goes without saying really that's going to be a massive loss for John Bassini's side. Yeah, absolutely huge loss, Jake. I mean, he, he's been fantastic, really, I suppose, since the, the Barnsley game, really, where we really started to, to see him sort of get comfortable and start playing the football we saw at the end of last term and yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an, a strange one because I know obviously he went on international duty, but I mean, in that Charlton game, he, he seemed to be holding his calf before he, he sort of came off um, mm. and, and was substituted. So whether that was sort of the beginning of it, I'm not too sure, but it, it sort of looked a concern from where I was, certainly in that ground. Um, and, and I sort of panicked about the fact that it, it might be a, a bit of a long-term injury. So, you know, and especially after the performance he put in in that game as well, it's, it's going to be a huge loss. And, and we're going to have to really see what John Massinio does with, with regards to, to filling that right side over the weekend. Is there a fear, Matt, that 
we've been quoted two weeks for Paddy Lane. Um, we also have understood this week that Conor Ogilvy is expected to be out for an even longer period of time. He was scheduled to be back within the next week or so, but he's that's not going to happen. Conor Ogilvy is still going to be uh, in the medics room, and it looks likely to be up until um, at least the Christmas and New Year period. Do you fear that maybe with Paddy Lane, given Pompey's luck, given what we've experienced over the last couple of seasons, sort of being told that it's maybe only going to be two weeks and and we always seem to get that bad news at the end because someone like Paddy Lane and the performance he's, he's put in this season um, is, is going to be very, very difficult to, to replace. Oh, massively. And I mean, it's it's just this Christmas curse again, isn't it, Jake? It, it seems to happen all the time, especially when we seem to be having a really good year and be, you know, around the, the top two. Um, we j- just seem to get a, a list as long as our arms with regards to injuries of, of important players that have really, you know, shone this season. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it is what it is. Um, with Paddy Lane particularly because, you know, we've sort of got a long list of wingers at the moment that seem to be out. Um, Obviously, you know, we've got to put our faith in what we've got there and and we've brought in Josh Martin, which, you know, hopefully he can can turn the last few seasons over and, and start that form again that we know the player he can be. Um, but obviously, I mean that that's not going to click straight away, and he's not going to be probably starting this weekend. So, yeah, it's most certainly a massive concern. But I just hope that the medical team can pull off a miracle and get them back as soon as possible. Because, you know, it's it's not what we really need right now. We need to carry this form through to Christmas and really drag ourselves through into the January transfer transfer window. Yeah. So what have you made of this uh, this start to the season then, Matt, for Pompey? 16 league games unbeaten since the start of the campaign. Only two defeats in all competitions, of course. One of the Carabao Cup and then knocked out in the FA Cup first round away at Chesterfield. But really focusing on league matters. Is Pompey's position at the top of the table representative, in your opinion, of their performances on the pitch? Or are you concerned that maybe in, in some areas things need to improve before our luck runs out? I mean, there's definitely areas that need to improve. Um, I think, you know, the, the style of play is is really exciting to watch. And, you know, as a, as a Pompey fan, I think we'll all appreciate the fact that we, we sometimes have that Pompey gloom where, you know, especially, I suppose, maybe for like the Charlton game when, when it went one all, I thought, you know, it, this could be a turning point. This is where they could maybe turn the game round and, and go and nick a three points. And, you know, then we just turned it back on again. Um, and, and this seems to be the, the style of the season. We seem to be pulling results out and, and turning games back round when we really need to and things aren't going our way. You know, we, we seem to step it up and another level and we've got that capability so I mean it, it's it's a weird season um, I still can't shake the the Pompey sort of feeling sometimes of when's it going to end but <laughs> you know if, if if the players can can really you know carry on this form and, and this injury list can just whittle down a little bit um, I just feel like there's a different aura around this team and they, they just seem to want it and, and they don't seem to know when they're going to, you know, or don't seem to want to lose, yeah. I suppose, is probably the better word for it. Um, there's so much fight and in that team and alongside the talent as well, you know, and I think Massinio just seems to have tactically got it spot on this season um, and, and I'm really hoping that we can just get through this Christmas period. I think it's a really, really important time um, and it will give us a massive indication, um, you know, 
once we, once we kind of come into the the back end of the season, I suppose, as to to what we're going to be looking at. Mm. But you know, I, I think again, as I said earlier, that January transfer window is going to be really important. Obviously, you know, with Regan Paul out now for the whole season, we need to look at replacing that. He was such a pivotal figure in the in the early parts of the season. But I mean, Rags has has sort of seemed to have come in and you know I, I think maybe there's not a complete faith in him from a lot of Pompey fans and that's understandable but I think Massinho's done the right thing with him and turned him into Mr Simple I suppose um, he's not overdoing much um, apart from maybe going on that gallivant in run against Charlton which was fantastic to watch but you know he, he seems to, to just sort of play the simple ball now and you know I've got complete faith in what Massinho's doing within the club and and you know I think he, he sees the, the tactical side of the game really well um, and, and I most certainly think that we can, you know, put our faith in him and, as I said, just get through this sticky period of injuries and, and hopefully come out the back end of it still in a position where we can really push on in the new year. Mm. Matt, thank you very much. We're going to catch up with you again a little later in this evening's show. A reminder as well, Pompey fans, that the draw for the round of 32 of the EFL Trophy or the Bristol Street Motors Trophy takes place at half past six and just over 10 minutes time. We'll be getting reaction to that draw. The Blues are guaranteed a home tie in the next stage of the competition after a top Group E of the Southern section in the group stages. Their potential opponents of the week commencing the 4th of December are either AFC Wimbledon, Charlton Athletic, Colchester United or the Brighton and Hove Albion under 21. So we're going to get reaction to the result of that draw later in this evening's show. But for now, it is time for a very quick breather. But don't go too far, because when we return, we'll be bringing you the full version of my recent chat with Mr Unbelievable Chris Kamara, who's been speaking to me about the physical and mental struggles he's been facing of late. Little voices that go off in your head and tell you you're rubbish these days. You know, you can't do telly anymore. Quit telly. What you're doing, you're an embarrassment. And to try and get those thoughts out of your head was so, so hard in the beginning. Stick around to hear the full extent of my interview with Cammy, in which he opens up about dealing with speech apraxia and how he's learnt to cope with his condition, as well as some great stories as well from his time spent with Pompey. It truly is one you will not want to miss, and it's coming right up after this short break. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. A very good evening and welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you, as always, by Stagecoach Across the South. Well, it's time now to share with you something I've been looking forward to releasing all week. On Tuesday, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to sit down with one of the nicest, genuine and just funniest people involved in our sport. Someone who truly embodies the craziness and the spirit of our beautiful game. It is, of course, Mr. Chris Kamara, who, by the way, what you see on the telly is what you get. He truly is brilliant and one of football's nice guys. We spoke in great length about the launch of his new autobiography, but 
the feeling of being honoured with an MBE and, of course, his recent battle with speech apraxia, a condition which affects the communication aspect linking the brain to the words. Before we hear from Cammy, let's remind ourselves of some of the greatest and funniest moments from down the years from one of the most iconic voices in modern-day sports broadcasting. You can see there's the Huddersfield equaliser. Let's hear about it. Chris Kamara. 2-1 now, Carly, if you can hear me. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell him about calling me Carly? Papa Bufa Diop, the man mounted himself, is playing as a striker. And he's got uh, Healy one side of him and Diamante Kamara the other side. Papa Bufa Diop with a header. Ah, it's a goal. It's a goal, Jeff. Is it David Healy's running away? Andy Dursel's playing on. Sorry, my monitor's down again. I'm looking over my shoulder. What? I don't really know the assistant. Hasn't given it. Oh, the assistant hasn't given it, I don't think, Jeff. No, the referee hasn't given either. Don't really know what's happening, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still playing down at Loftus Road, Chris Kamara. You still need me at the end of the game, Carly. Yeah. <laughs> I've told you, Cammy, stop calling me Carly in public. Carly, for goodness sake. Oh, the move was just scintillating, Jeff. Their football arsenal is on another level, but Spurs are fighting like beavers, defending for their lives. It's a terrific game, still 1-0. <laughs> Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. Fighting like beavers. <laughs> Not tigers or lions, but beavers, those ferocious little devils. <laughs> so the Canaries are on show uh, down at Upton Park. It's not just the Canaries, though, Cammy. No, there's a pigeon on the pitch, Jeff. Walter. Walter is on there and he won't get off. And so the game has been abandoned for a pigeon. Just somebody run at it and it'll fly off, won't it? <laughs> Another goal in the game at the uh, Emirates Stadium. Burnley were 2-0 behind and all those who went for 3-0 to Arsenal are now looking mighty smart. Chris Kamara. 3-0 here, Carly. I've told you before, Cammy, do not call me Carly in public. Dylan, we're off to Fratton Park where there's been a red card, but for who, Chris Kamara? I don't know, Jeff, has it? I must have missed that. The red card. Chris, have you not been watching? I haven't. I don't know where that's come from, Chris. I have no idea what has happened there. What's happened, Chris? Uh, I don't know, Jim. <laughs> I don't know. The rain must have got in my eyes, Jim. Chris, Chris, let me tell you, according, according to our sources, Anthony Van den Boer has been sent off for a second bookable offence. Get, get your fingers out and count up the number of Portsmouth players who are on the field. No, you're right, I saw him go off, but I thought they were bringing a sub on, Jeff. As professional as ever, Cabbage. Jake Smith here for Express FM Local Radio in Portsmouth, and I am absolutely thrilled to be joined today by Mr Unbelievable himself. It's the one and only Chris Kamara. Thank you so very much for being here with us today, Cammy. Ah, oh, thank you, Jake. Thanks for having me. Pompey has got so many memories in my career. It's amazing. So, Cammy, we're here, of course, first and foremost, to talk about your new autobiography. It's called My Unbelievable Life. Could you just tell us a bit more about the book and maybe what fans can expect to read inside it? Uh, well, it's emotional, funny, uh, true to life. The facts are all 100% correct. 
and I've had such an amazing life. But my motive for writing this book was all to do with my speech, my apraxia of speech, which I developed during lockdown. Nothing to do with COVID, or it could have been because I had COVID, but certainly not the injections or anything like that. It developed throughout that time, and uh, it's changed my life, really, in a way that I'm not that person I was before the apraxia came along and the underactive thyroid. I'm now a different person, and I got to like the new person I am. I'm sorry if I'm talking in riddles, but this is how it is. And uh, I've got to like the new person I am, which was very hard in the beginning, getting to like this new person who I've become. Yeah, absolutely. And you've mentioned there your diagnosis of apraxia. We're all used to seeing you on the TV, notably, of course, on Sky Sports doing the punditry. But a lot has changed in recent years. So I guess really the question is, what is Cami up to nowadays? Yeah, well, I'll just firstly explain the apraxia of speech. The mind is willing. Uh, the mindset doesn't change. It's the message from the brain to the mouth that gets interrupted. So, like now, I'm talking fluently, but in the height of my apraxia, I couldn't do that. You search for the words, you know what you want to say, and the words come out wrong sometimes, and it's baffling to begin with, and it plays with your mind, and it ravaged my brain in the beginning where I was thinking, what is this condition? Where am I now these days? What have I got wrong with me? What could possibly be changing my life? And I was weighing myself in the mirror in the bathroom and it sounded okay. And I'd go downstairs and talk to my family in lockdown as they uh, pretty much all stayed here. And all of a sudden I was talking different little voices that go off in your head and tell you you're rubbish these days. You know, you can't do telly anymore. Quit telly. You know, what you're doing, you're an embarrassment. And to try and get those thoughts out of your head was so, so hard in the beginning. I've got that acceptance now. I know that my voice, even though I love the career in broadcasting, and I'm still broadcasting, I don't sound like I did before, but I accept the new person now. But that wasn't easy in the beginning because you keep it to yourself. You don't tell anyone. You know, you they notice the difference, but as soon as they say anything, you snap at them. I'm fine. I'm just a bit tired. And all your loved ones are trying to think, how can we help you until you accept your condition, which gladly I have now. I've been a dinosaur. I didn't want to confide in anybody, say anything. 
about my problems to anyone. And now that I have the support I've had from family, friends, people I don't know have come forward and said, look, we'd like to help you or we're with you. The support is there. That's been incredible. And to go back to your question, what am I doing now? The support from the TV companies has been amazing. I'm still doing TV stuff. I'm doing a podcast with Ben Shepard at this moment in time. I just finished the world's most dangerous roads for Dave, one of the uh, Sky Channels, and uh, in Sri Lanka with Jeff Stelling. That was amazing. And the offers of work, the UK strongest man, which comes around in May, want me back. I've got a decision to make on that. And I'm still doing other bits and pieces. And that's been amazing. So, yes, thank you. I'm still busy. Ah, and I'm very, very glad to hear it. And uh, along with all of that work you've got going on and, and keeping you busy, you're making your way to Waterstones and Commercial Road this week to sign copies of your book and, and meet some of your fans. How much are you looking forward to being able to see so many faces? Because I expect many will come down to see you. Oh, amazing, really. Uh, Pompey is so much a part of my history. It's incredible. You know... I was thinking, and it wouldn't happen in this day and age. Ray Crawford, who was my youth team coach at Portsmouth, came with Tony Barton. Tony Barton was the chief scout at Portsmouth. He won the European Cup as manager of Aston Villa. He left Pompey and managed to take over at Villa when Ron Saunders left and he won the European Cup with them. They watched me play Portsmouth Reserves um, down at uh, HMS Vernon. Vernon. HMS Vernon. I don't know if it's still there. Probably not. And on that one game, they signed me for Portsmouth. Ian St. John paid £200 his first deal, it still goes down as the worst deal in the club's history. But, uh, yeah, that happened then. So I've got so much to thank Pompey for, for my playing career. I came back to Pompey after Moose Winder. But then with my TV career, my career in Sky, to um, miss that red card, which has been... Well, that took me into mainstream TV. I did loads of little shows and that, but once happened and the reaction to it, I'll always be thankful for that. And the highest ever scoring Premier League game is still to this day, Portsmouth 7, Reading 4. What a game that was. It could have been 10 all. I lost count of the goals going in at one stage. And that was amazing. You know, I had a wonderful time at Portsmouth. A few iffy times uh, when I was a youngster breaking through. But that was 
the times that it was in the early 70s, but I've got nothing but admiration for Pompey. Fantastic. And in fact, I'm glad you've mentioned Ray Crawford, actually. I've interviewed him a few times. In fact, one of my first interviews when I was back at uni, I was fortunate at the time for him to be the dad of my boss in my first ever job. Oh, great. And his first story with me was about yourself and how he helped pick you out from the Royal Navy. So it's almost like we've come full circle. And I'm, I'm really glad you've told me that. Oh, please send him my best if you see him. I absolutely will do. Uh, how important is this, Cammy? then, not only for yourself, but you know, also others who write their own autobiographies too? How important is it to still maintain a close connection to your fans and those who still follow you and your work? Oh, yeah, well, that's the, the biggest thing I've taken from my whole life is the reaction of people when I see them for the first time. They smile. They smile when they see me, which is a gift, and I appreciate uh, the fact that they smile when they see me. I don't know how that happened. I don't know what they're thinking at that moment in time when they see me, but it must be good thoughts. So I appreciate that like nothing else. I'm never, ever going to take that for granted or, you know, be disappointed when someone shouts unbelievable Jeff across the road at me or shows me a video of me missing that sending off. I'm so proud of all that stuff and I would like to thank everyone who's been so kind throughout my troubles as well. Uh, I applaud you all. So you've gone through what the book's about and how much you're looking forward to seeing everyone at the signing event. I'd like to move on now to the fact that you received an MBE at Windsor Castle for your extraordinary contributions to football and sporting charities in the UK. How did it feel to have picked up this accolade? Yeah, it was initially when I got the announcement uh, through in the post, my wife got my granddaughter to give me the envelope. So I opened it up and looked at it. And you think, am I worthy of an MBE? And you think, oh, there's so many people who go above and beyond doctors, nurses, military, uh, people who help in times of war and stuff like that. And you think, maybe I'm not worth it. And I thought that for a long time at the beginning. And then I went to the... Uh, Windsor Castle and Prince William gave me the MBE and he said, you're someone who I've watched growing up uh, and I love you to bits and followed your career and, you know, and then you sort of think, well, maybe if I inspire the next king, maybe I am worth it, but... I do wish there was enough to go around for the doctors and nurses who go above and beyond. And on the apraxia again, the condition you've been diagnosed with over the past year or two, I know you're keen to talk about it and spread awareness. Now, 
I hold my hands up when I say that I had not heard of speech apraxia until I saw the news that you had got it. So, I, really, would you have a message for anyone who may be listening to this interview who may not have heard about it either, or, or how much of an impact it can have, and, and what they can do to, to raise their own awareness levels and, and help those around them should they, you know, unfortunately have to go through the same troubles themselves someday? Oh, yeah. Don't be like I was. Don't be ashamed if it happens to you, if it happens to a loved one. I was ignorant. I was in denial. I was ashamed. Uh, all those things which I apologise to anyone who's got a speech condition. Basically, I was ignorant and I thought my voice defined who I was. I now realise that was wrong totally wrong you know so if you've got a stutter a stammer got mnd had a parkinson's had a stroke uh, aphasia ataxia verbal dyspraxia any of those conditions there's a million more as well speech conditions don't be ashamed get help uh, the help is out there you know, a lot of these people are very clever people, but just can't describe it to others. So people make an opinion of you when you open your mouth, and that's what I've thought. Uh, but that opinion, uh, they should keep to themselves. You are who you are, and I will be campaigning and lobbying uh, the government with uh, Saqib Bharti, who was the MP for Solil, and a young lad called Mikey Akers, who was born with apraxia of speech, to try and get speech and language therapy for every child on a regular basis, not once every three months or six months, try and get them help and try and get the help to the older people who have had strokes or developed Parkinson's or any type of condition where they're on their own and they need help. That is my vocation from now. Well, there we go then. Uh, Matt Corrick alongside us this evening. Matt, how great is it to, to hear from Cammy there? And, and what a nice bloke he is as well. So open and, and honest about his struggles there. Yeah, I mean, he's a national treasure to us football fans, isn't he, Jake? And um, to, to just hear the the difficulties he's gone through in himself and then to, to be able to, you know, come back out the other side smiling and, and be the cami we all know um, and to, to be able to be such an advocate for, for everything as well. You know, he's, he's just such a great guy and it's great to hear him back out there again, really, to be honest with you. Really, really is. And uh, thank you, Matt, for, for those comments there. A massive thank you uh, to Josie at Pan Macmillan and, of course, Chris Kamara himself for giving me that opportunity to conduct the interview earlier this week. Uh, OK, after the break, tomorrow's game is discussed with the pre-match thoughts of John Massinio to come too. We'll be hearing what his targets are for the upcoming few weeks in the build-up to Christmas. The only aim that we've got at the moment is to go into the Blackpool game and, and try to win that, and then we'll move on to Burton on Tuesday. So we just you know, take each game as it comes because things will change between now and Monday when we sit in the office and we look at team selection and when we look at what's happened after the weekend. We'll also get the report on Pompey's opponents for tomorrow's League One return at Fratton Park, putting Blackpool under...
under the spotlight, as well as that interview with John Massino and the final thoughts of Matt Corrick. That's all to come when the Football Hour returns next. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Welcome along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour, sponsored by Stagecoach South. Download the app now for updated timetable information and to prepay for your ticket too. The final thoughts of Matt to come in just a few moments, but first we get the lowdown on Pompey's opponents for this weekend's return to league action. The Tangerines of Blackpool are up next at Fratton Park. Well, after a fortnight off due to another international break, we're finally on course to welcome the Blues back into action. Fratton Park is the venue for this weekend's League One encounter with Blackpool. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. That's right, it's the battle of the seaside outfits with promotion to the Championship most certainly the aim for both clubs this season. Blackpool have only just come down from the second tier, having finished 23rd last season and five points adrift of safety. This represents the 17th match of Pompey's League campaign, in which they still remain unbeaten. So let's take a look into the side looking to threaten that record at PO4 this weekend. Manager Neil Critchley is currently at the helm of the Seasiders, or the Tangerines as they are also known. The Blackpool boss had a short playing career, hanging up his boots at the age of just 24, having featured just once for Crew Alexandra and three times for Lee RMI. At this stage, he became a coach at Crew, working underneath Steve Holland. Critchley was appointed as Joint Academy Director of the club in 2007 and remained until 2013, when he was poached by Liverpool to become an under-18s coach. In December 2019, he served as Liverpool's standing manager for their Carabao Cup match away at Aston Villa, which saw a hugely changed side for the youngsters, beaten 5-0. A few months later, Critchley would again stand in for Jurgen Klopp to oversee the Reds' 1-0 victory over Shrewsbury Town in the FA Cup. In March 2020, he was appointed for the first time as Blackpool boss and was able to guide the club to the Championship via the League One playoffs at the end of his first full season in charge in 2021. A year later, Critchley was poached by Steven Gerrard, who then managed Aston Villa and recruited the Blackpool gaffer as his assistant. This role lasted just six months before Queen's Park Rangers came knocking with an offer to take over as their head coach in December 2022. In the May of this year, the now 45-year-old returned to Bloomfield Road, having been sacked by QPR and replaced by Gareth Ainsworth, who has already been shown the exit door by the West London club. One to watch. Our one to watch is a very familiar face, Owen Dale. Dale started his career at Crewe, scoring his first senior goal in a 6-1 defeat to Crawley Town at Gresty Road in March 2019. After scoring four goals in four games, Dale was named the League One Player of the Month for December 2020 and in Crewe's end-of-season awards, he won four awards, including Player of the Season. Dale joined Blackpool as a loanee with the option to complete a permanent transfer in the January of 2022. He only made seven appearances for the club, scoring one goal, but did sign on a permanent deal in the summer. His future with the Seasiders, however, was up in the air, and in August of last year, Dale joined the Blues on loan for the full length of the 2022-23 season. 
The winger, who is now 25, made his first Pompey start in a 3-0 Carabao Cup first round win at Cardiff City. He went on to score his first goal in a 3-1 victory in the league against Bristol Rovers. During his time at Pompey, he became a key player in the starting 11, making a total of 50 appearances in League and Cup, scoring two goals. Top scorer. Loney Jordan Rhodes is the club's current top goalscorer. Rhodes started his senior career at Ipswich Town in 2007 and went on to enjoy loan spells at Oxford United, Rochdale and Brentford across the space of two years. He then signed for Huddersfield Town on a four-year contract for an undisclosed fee in 2009 going on to record over 100 competitive appearances for the club. He also played for Blackburn Rovers at Middlesbrough and Sheffield Wednesday. Rhodes returned to Huddersfield Town nine years after he left to sign for Blackburn, putting pen to paper on a three-year contract in July 2021. Rhodes joined Blackpool alone until the end of this season back in the summer. The striker, who wears the number 16 shirt, has managed 10 league goals in 14 appearances for the club so far. Current form. So far this campaign, Neil Critchley's side have recorded 7 wins, 6 draws and 5 defeats from their opening 18 League 1 fixtures. This return has earned them 27 points and a place in 8th position, outside of the playoff places on goal difference. Blackpool were still in action last weekend and had not had their match against Shrewsbury postponed due to call-ups. That was a game they won by four goals to nil at Bloomfield Road, thanks to goals from Jordan Rhodes, Carl Joseph and a Jake Beasley double. That win last time out stands as their only league victory from their previous four outings. Losing against Peterborough United and Bolton Wanderers, either side of a thrilling 3-3 draw with local rivals Fleetwood Town. Can Pompey return from the international break fresh and raring to get back to winning ways in the league? Or could Blackpool become the first side to beat the Blues this season? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. There we go then, the lowdown on Blackpool there, managed now by Neil Critchley. The Tangerines down to Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon for a three o'clock kickoff. Match day number 17 of Pompey's League One campaign. Matt Carrick alongside us this evening. Plenty of names to look out for on that Blackpool side this weekend, notably former Pompey. Uh, well, Loney, Owen Dale, of course, and, and striker Jordan Rhodes, who's on loan at Blackpool from Huddersfield Town in the Championship. This is not going to be an easy game for John Messina's side. No, I mean, we all know Neil Critchley, Jake, and, and his previous in League One. He's He's got them out of there before, and obviously, you know, he, he's a, a manager that likes to play a, a particular style of football. But I think if, if you watch them, it's going to be a really really interesting game if, you, if you've seen anything that they've played like this season I think you know I hope they're going to play into our hands by by the style that I've seen so far from them but yeah it's certainly going to be a really tactically interesting game and uh, given the fact they had no international break last weekend, they were 4-0 winners over Shrewsbury at Bloomfield Road. Pompey themselves have had a fortnight off. Who do you think that's going to benefit more, Matt? Having that break or, or having that game and that match sort of sharpness in the team? Uh, I mean, it's a hard one because that, that Shrewsbury game was a, was a bit of a breeze for them, wasn't it, really? I suppose it was a good opportunity to continue the match fitness and get some momentum. So it's probably good for them, maybe more than us, but... You know, with the injuries, it, it gives us a bit of time to to figure out what we're going to do and and how we're going to play, and you know the the players we're going to bring in to to get used to that system as well. So, I think it's it's probably come maybe a good time for us, um, maybe more so than them, but. You know, they've got that momentum, which is, is always, a, I suppose, a danger to watch out for. It is indeed. Right, time now to hear from John Bassinho, who, after a good amount of time spent with his squad on the training pitch this week, was asked by Max Watton what the focus has been in the build-up to Saturday's game. 
It's been wide ranging, to be honest. We we've been working on quite a few of the things that have made us into a, um, you know, what we consider to be a half decent side this year. Um, there's plenty of improvement to come, so we've been working on a few of those bits as well, and um, you know everything in between. So yeah, without giving away too much, uh, we've made it a bit specific towards what we're going to encounter in the next week as well, not just with Blackpool but with with Burton and Northampton. So yeah, there's been loads of time to to work on plenty of uh, plenty of things. It's like I said, it's a really rare opportunity for us to be able to do that. Cassini's back in the building. How pleased are you for him earning his first uh, international debut uh, last weekend? Yeah, it's a magnificent achievement for Cassini and, and obviously it meant a lot to him and his family, as I think as we saw on social media and in the media over the past couple of weeks. Um, brilliant, you know, brilliant achievement. Um, that was that was one of one of a couple. Um, so for, for Cass to get his first um, international cap, that was great. Um, Terry Devlin was called up to the full, for the full side. I think he travelled out to Finland. Unfortunately, he didn't, he didn't play, but he played for the 21s the other night as well. So really pleasing from our point of view that some of the lads are getting that international recognition. I think Regan obviously got his first cap for Wales as well. So um, not in this international break, obviously but very, very pleasing that what we're doing on the pitch is being rewarded internationally. What sort of game are you expecting against Blackpool this weekend? Well, they're a side that's, that's hit form recently and, and they were one of the two sides or one of the two fixtures that, that survived the international cull at the weekend. Um, comfortable winners against, against Shrewsbury, really, really excellent performance and, and a few of their key players back as well. So, uh, you know, you can, you can reel off a couple of uh, the Blackpool players that they've got and their, their household, not necessarily household names, but certainly for um, Football League aficionados, they're, um, they're really well-recognised well names. Um, Neil Critchley has got a really good pedigree um, of, of coaching and he's had a lot of success at this level. So... Uh, we're expecting a very, very well-drilled, well-coached side. We're coming into their stride and, and we're going to have to be right at it to, to make sure we compete at the weekend. What's the latest injury news? Uh, good question. Um, Marlon has been back. He's, he's back. He's, he's fully fit, um, ready for selection. Um, unfortunately, you probably would have seen that uh, Paddy Lane picked up a calf injury and pulled out of the uh, Northern Ireland squad. So um, he's, he's struggling. He's, he's a real doubt for the weekend. Um, Regan is due for due to go into surgery at the, the back end of the month. Uh, so I think next week, which is which is really positive. I think it's a real benefit for him to build up and be a bit stronger going into that surgery. It's not about just you know, delaying it for the sake of it. We want to make sure that the stronger he is going into surgery when you when you do have the ACL repair, uh, the better you are on the on the back end of it. I think a couple of the others, uh, Tom Lowry's been out training with us. I think he should be back ready for full selection probably in two weeks, uh, maybe around that EFL trophy game in the second round. Uh, Anthony Scully is progressing really nicely. He's been out on the grass um, and slowly building up from what's been a pretty significant injury in terms of the other long term as Josh Dockrell um, you know doing well doing as well as we could would possibly expect uh, and I think uh, apart from that I think that's that's everything if I've missed any out then you'll have to remind me and I'll give you an update whenever there's a real sort of stable fixture schedule coming up Saturday Tuesday games what's the aim sort of for this next seven days uh, the only aim that we've got at the moment is to go into the Blackpool game and, and try to win and trying to win that and then we'll move on to Burton on Tuesday so we just you know take each game as it comes because things will change between now and Monday when we sit in the office and we look at team selection and we look at what's happened after the weekend so full focus on the weekend and, and then we'll go from there and just finally back at Fratton Park this weekend how much are you and the lads looking forward to it Oh, massively it was a brilliant match here against Charlton it's going to be another uh, bumper crowd I think and, and I think everybody's seen that um, the difference it makes when um, opposition fans are you know, travelling their numbers as, such as Charlton did uh, so yeah really really exciting time for I think for everyone at the club and, and Christmas is yeah, the build up to Christmas it's always, it's always great to be part of um, a football club and to be involved in everything and to be able to do that at France is going to be brilliant Yeah the pre-match sports fair of head coach John Basilio ahead of Saturday's clash with Blackpool at Fratton Park a bit of news from the uh, 
Bristol Street Motors Trophy. Pompey have been drawn at home, of course, as they topped their group uh, group stages. They've been drawn at home to AFC Wimbledon at Fratton Park for the tie to commence on the week commencing the 4th of December. We'll get you more news on that one when a date has been confirmed. Um, on to other news as well. Tomorrow, the Milton End, the almost complete Milton End. It's looking fantastic, by the way. Um, we'll be open to home supporters for the first time in a very, very long time. And news as well of half-season tickets going on sale yesterday, and they can be purchased in that Milton End as well. So, yeah, uh, for the first time in my memory, Milton End tickets, uh, Milton End season tickets. That's uh, that's quite interesting, isn't it? So it'll be uh, very, very exciting to see that tomorrow and how that Milton End is going to look with both Poppy fans and Blackpool fans in attendance for that one. Right, on to the score predictions then. Steve on Facebook is going for a 1-0 Pompey win at Fratton Park tomorrow and Mark on the emails is going for a one all draw. Matt Corrick, your score prediction, please, my friend. I think it's going to be... Uh really tight Jake I think it's going to be a bit of a, a tactical edgy start to the game but I think we'll we'll build ourselves into it as long as we you know uh, keep, keep ourselves tight and, and mm-hmm. slowly sort of adapt into the game I think we can probably get ourselves a, a comfortable 2-0 comfortable 2-0. Matt Corrick, thank you very much for your contributions tonight. Now, it's not just the men who are in action this weekend. The Portsmouth women are too. They take on Ebbsfleet United in the FA Cup on Sunday. And ahead of the game, Robbie James asked Jay Sadler what kind of challenge the opposition are likely to pose. I think the biggest one is the, the mental challenge of they've got absolutely nothing to lose. They're going into this game having already played against the Tier 3 opposition in Chatham Town at the weekend, so they know what the levels or the levels are about. They're obviously on home turf. Um, we, we love an away game in in the cup, so they're, they're at home turf. And yeah, we we've now got to bring the intensity. We've got to bring the quality, um, which we know we have. But when the onus is on you and the pressure's on you to bring it and step it up and make it difficult for the opposition, that's that's a that's a challenge. It's a mental challenge for this group. So it's going to be interesting to see how we manage it. Catch the full interview with Jay there and another with Reva Casley across our coverage of both Pompey's men's and women's games this weekend. Kickoff is 1pm on Sunday afternoon at the Cufflink Stadium and you can join the Pompey Live team from midday for all of the build-up of that one to see if the Pompey women can secure their place in round three of the FA Cup. But first... Attention, of course, is on Pompey's men. Blackpool are the opponents tomorrow afternoon as John Bassinio looks to maintain the Blues' unbeaten start to the League One season. And, of course, top spot in League One. Coverage here on Express FM commences at 2 o'clock. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey live. Portsmouth were held to just a point in an end-to-end encounter with Charlton at Fratton Park. And Charlton have equalised. Norris beaten it. It's near post. It's Conor McGrandall's first go for Charlton. Quarter two. Charlton two. The Blues return to League One action next on 25th of November when they host Blackpool. We will, of course, have you covered for that one from two o'clock. Pompey live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yeah, that's right. Join myself, Robbie James and Sherelle Cassell for all of the action at PO4 tomorrow afternoon as Pompey take on Blackpool at Fratton Park. Match day number 17 of this League One campaign. Can John Massino's side maintain their unbeaten start to the season? And will they keep top spot in League One? Find out when Pompey Live returns from 2 o'clock 
tomorrow afternoon. Well, a big thank you to everyone who tuned in this evening. Big thanks to Max Swatton from the Pompey Media team, John Massino there as well, Jay Sadler, of course, for providing that snippet of his interview with Robbie James and Chris Kamara himself. How great was it to hear from the icon that is Cammy on this evening's show? Fantastic opportunity that was. A big thank you to Chris and to Josie for helping us with that one. But of course, our biggest of thank yous this evening goes to our studio guests on tonight's show. Matt Corrick, thank you ever so much for joining us on the show this evening. It's been great to have you and I'm sure we'll hear from you once more again very, very soon, my friend. Absolute pleasure as always, Jake. And thanks for having me on. Not a problem at all, Matt. You can join myself, Jake Smith, here for the next instalment of the Football Hour this coming Monday from 6 o'clock. I'll be joined by two more Pompey fans to review tomorrow's action and look ahead to the midweek trip to Burton Albion. That's coming up on Tuesday night. But coming up here on Express FM After the News at 7, school days with Steve Randall. So don't go anywhere. Thanks for tuning in, Pompey fans. Have a great evening and a good weekend. Good night.